Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into His Word. Let's jump right into today's message. We're going to dig in this morning. I believe I can get half of this done. This is part three. Next week, we're going to close, and we're going to have communion together. I was going to do it this week, but I'm moving it to next week, and I believe it's actually the Lord's timing for this. We've been doing this series by my spirit. I want to say this with every person watching, every person looking this way. This by my spirit thing is about you getting beyond you and really surrendering in complete reliance on God that I need God in order to be able to accomplish his kingdom come as will be done. If you don't need God for what it is that you're doing in life, it ain't big enough. And you're doing it in your own strength. We talked about, we actually sang in Champion about striving. No more striving. Let all the striving cease is what we sang. Guys, I want to let all the striving cease and see his spirit take over, not by my might, not by my strength, but by his spirit. We read this verse in Zechariah 4, 6. So I've been teaching the past two weeks out of this prophecy in Zechariah. It's an Old Testament prophecy about the New Testament, so you might recall that. So this vision came to Zechariah in Zechariah 4, verse 6. We've been reading this every week. This is the, the key verse of this series. So he said to me, this is the word of Zerubbabel, not by might, read this with me, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. The emphasis of this series is that it's not by my strength, but it's by his spirit. I'm so grateful that we serve a God, that his spirit and his power is accessible to us. You know, it says in his word, when we call on the name of the Lord, he what? He answers. It says in Matthew, when we knock on the door, he answers. I love that. So today I want to talk about living a spirit-shaped life. To recap the first two weeks of this series, because we kind of got off it last week and kind of went by the spirit. Last week I kind of demonstrated that a little bit in person. The first two weeks, the first first week we talked about the power of prayer. And then the second week we talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Today I want to talk about a spirit-shaped life. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16 to 18. And I want to say this over somebody who's watching online. You've been trying and you've been frustrated about the process of surrender. And I don't know who this is for, but I know that God is speaking this to somebody. That there's been weights on you that God wants to lift off your shoulders. And there's some people here. You've been feeling the weight of things that are not your purpose to carry those weights. Can I tell you this with everybody not distracted and, 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 and looking at me? I want to say this. If you're carrying the weight of the pandemic, if you're carrying the weight of sickness, if you're carrying the weight of vaccination versus no vaccination, if you're carrying the weight of these things, that's not for you to carry. What do we do? We talked about it in week one. We submit those things to the Lord in prayer, and it's God's problem. You know, when somebody is a little extra grace required— It's basically what I call a jerk. (laughs) When somebody's a little extra grace required, and I can be it too, we call it EGR. I say, Lord, you know what? You made them. They're your problem. They ain't my problem. 
Liz says that about me every day. <laughs> he's your problem. He's not my problem. So I want to say this. If you're carrying a weight, give it to the Lord. Everybody say, let it go. Let it go. Okay, 2 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. I want to stop right there. The veil that it's referring to in this chapter is really the veil or blockage of unbelief. This is so key for some of you. Some of you are struggling with unbelief. You pray with the hope that maybe God will do it. Well, maybe he'll do it. Or do you pray with authority saying, God, I thank you. I thank you that it is done. And I know that this will happen. I'll give you an example of something really funny. It's a practical example of something spiritually that's taking place. Or, or in this case, something that can spiritually take place. I went to dinner. My parents, by the way, it's their 45th anniversary this Friday. What, what? Yeah. Saturday, sorry. But Friday we celebrated it. Sorry. So 45th anniversary Friday. So we go to a restaurant together. And right before the restaurant, Liz and I stopped to get mom and dad a card because that's how we roll. Everything last minute. Everything fly by the seat of your pants. I know none of y'all do that. That's just us. We go to Walgreens, and Liz goes inside. I drop her off. Any of you ever, I know this is just Liz and I. None of y'all deal with this. There was a spirit of agitation in my car the minute she got in the car. Anybody ever, dealt, anybody ever been there? When I say a spirit of agitation, I mean we were at each other. It was awesome. She goes, no, but I'm serious. It, it was great. So she walks in. We were just, because we were running late, and I hate running late and whatever. And I was blaming her. She's blaming me. You know, it's, it's it, and whatever. EGR, right there. So she probably later I'm going to get in trouble for saying some of this. It's great. Correct me later. She goes into Walgreens. She grabs a card. And I'm, I'm going through one of those moments where I'm just ticked. And I, I, I go over to the gas station because I needed to clean my windshield because there were bugs all over it. I got a Jeep, and you know I was celebrating my manhood with the bugs everywhere. So I go to clean it off. And I get out, and I'm cleaning my windshield, and a woman backs into the front of my bumper of my brand new Jeep. And let me tell you, I was speaking in tongues, Shaitada Bahandai. And, uh, and so, so she then doesn't stop, but she gives me a lovely gesture and drives off and has no license plate on the back of her car. That's what you call EGR. She's extra grace required, also known as, you know, the other thing I said. And so she drives off, and I get in the car, and I'm just irritated. I'm, I'm going, okay, this ruins dinner. Effectively, I could feel my mood just going, whatever. And the Lord said, okay, you're, you're doing this series, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Can you get in my spirit and change this now, or are you going to let it ruin all of dinner? And Liz looks at me and goes, you just need to watch what's coming out of your mouth. You're in the flesh. And as I wanted to pop her in the spirit... The Holy Spirit said, she's right. She's right. Are you going to listen to her or are you going to blow her off? So I looked at her. I said, you're right. <laughs> and she just looks at me with that smile. You know that Joel Osteen smile she's got. <laughs> Love you, Joel. And uh, we get to dinner, and I said to my parents, I'm giving an example. It's a long story, but I'm giving an example of something. And I said to them, I said, by this time tomorrow night, my bumper will be replaced. And I will have a new bumper on my Jeep. And my dad and mom looked at me with the most confident understanding that that would be done. 
And sure enough, I woke up and I called the Jeep dealership and I said, hey, I need a new bumper. This thing is messed up and I'm not driving this Jeep around. I'm a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need, I didn't say all that. But anyway, uh, so sure enough, the guy goes, yeah, we have one in stock. And the Holy Spirit really spoke to me and said, you need to start calling things out in the Spirit just with that same level of confidence. See, this mattered to you, and I allowed it to happen because I wanted to show you that I could show up and show off and do these things. See, God cares about the little things, and he'll use little things to get your attention about big things that he wants to accomplish. I don't believe it was just the favor of God on my life. I believe it was part of it. But I believe God was trying to show me something about authority that when you say it with authority and it lines up with his will, he'll do it. He'll accomplish it. So there's a veil that's that's being referred to, the blockage of unbelief. God wants to eliminate. He wants to omit that unbelief. And I'm trying to give you that practical example. And now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all know, and we all, sorry, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory and are transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. In other words, we can become a Spirit-shaped individual, that we become conformed into his very image, and we start to look at God by listening to his Spirit, and by listening to his voice, we're literally transformed, and God is shaping us into the person he wants when we listen to his voice and obey it. Oh, hold on. When we listen to his voice and obey it. So that's, that's following. It's, in other words, obedience is really key in God shaping you. If I want to omit sin out of my life, I, God can speak to me about that sin, but until I'm obedient, it ain't going to disappear. See, God gives us free will, and he watches what we do, and the more obedient we are is the more shaped into his spirit we are. Can I tell you, one of the things that I can't stand, and as a church kid, as a PK, I really can't stand this, is when somebody says, I'm spirit-filled, but they don't demonstrate the fruit of the spirit. So they're shateing and praying, and they got this, this life of being connected to God. I'm an intercessor. But you act like a jerk Monday to Monday. So if you don't demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, but you're filled with the Spirit, are you really? You're not living a Spirit-shaped life, that's for sure. So by my Spirit means you look, smell, listen, if it walks like a duck, if it smells like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. So what I'm saying is, how many of you want to be ducks for Jesus? How many of you want to smell like Jesus? You want to talk like Jesus? Wear some deodorant, please, Jesus. We need to be transformed into his image, which means that when we stand in front of somebody, that character's there. See, what was Liz saying to me on Friday night when we were on our way to eat dinner? She was saying, it's just a bumper, babe. Are we going to blow our witness and our spirit-shaped life over a bumper? It could be replaced, but your character can't. Oh, I'm going to say that again. A bumper can be replaced, but your character can't. So when you're in that moment where you're about to flesh out at the person at Starbucks that maybe didn't do things as quick as you wanted, remember, am I shaped like the Spirit? It can wait. I can get myself together real quick. Holy Spirit's been convicting me about the things that are flying out of my mouth all the time and saying, you know, I know what you want and I know where you want to go, but you can't go there and do that. Can't have it. Why is that? Because there's a conflict of interest. You got two things pulling and 
A double-minded person receives what from the Lord? Nothing. In other words, shut up. Even a fool, when they close their mouth, is counted wise. So we need to be a spirit-shaped person that we are literally transformed. I want to say this, and I'm probably going to end right about here. The disciples really struggled in the Bible. You see stories where they struggled with anger. This is, I want this to be an encouragement to somebody today as, as I'm talking about this. Because this is the disciples. These are the guys that Jesus selected to pour into. And they really struggled. They really did with anger and insecurity. And they were fighting. And there was doubt. And there was unbelief. I mean, when you read about the disciples, man, these were some dysfunctional dudes. Really. That Jesus selected to pour into. I'm encouraged because can I tell you, I'm a dysfunctional dude that Jesus selected to pour into. I have failed and failed and failed and failed, but God looked past my dysfunction and saw something greater. Oh my God, thank you, Lord. I couldn't agree with that anymore. One of the biggest things that stands out to me about the disciples, though, is that they were constantly dealing with confusion. Jesus would do these teachings with the disciples, and they'd be like, what? They were scratching their heads all like, I don't get it. Jesus... <laughs> Jesus, uh, in, Acts, in Acts 2, though, here's, and here's where things changed. And watch this, because this is what happens when you're shaped by his spirit. In Acts 2, we see that the spirit fall, fell, and very quickly, there was a mark of the spirit. I want to say this. When God falls, there's a mark of his spirit. When God does something and he starts to move, there's a mark. There's always a mark. And check this out. When the spirit fell, you see that they were filled with boldness, okay? These were meek guys filled with boldness, and there were miracles happening, and not just that, but you see them living together in community. They were generous. You see unity, all with the core vision of spreading the message of Jesus around the world. God clearly transformed their lives, and the mark of the Spirit was, instead of infighting and unbelief and scratching their heads in confusion, there's clarity and there's revelation in Acts 2. You see that. There's a mark of the Spirit that changes the narrative. It changes the trajectory. It changes the way it all looks because the Spirit fell. Right now in this nation, we're dealing with a spirit of confusion, and we're dealing with... Um, uh, uh, there's, there's a word I'm looking for. Thank you, Jesus. We're dealing with, uh, uh, there's a massive spirit of confusion and there's massive unbelief and there's massive just, no, it's like which end is up. But when the spirit of God falls, it changes all of that. We need a mark of the spirit in this nation right now. But it starts with me being willing to listen to the voice, take it to prayer, and be shaped by his spirit. It doesn't stop with the first group of believers in Acts 2. Now we go to Acts 11, and I'm going to end here. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. The word Christian means little Christ. Everybody say little Christ. So they looked so much like Christ in the book of Acts that they were getting the title as little Christ, Christians. Can I ask you a question? When you walk out of here and you get in your car and somebody cuts you off, are you a little Christ? When somebody backs up into you at Shell gas station and you're pumping your Jeep with gas and cleaning the windshield and there's no license plate and they, 
flip you that gesture. Are you a little Christ? Don't think you won't be tested the minute you decide I'm going to be a little Christ. Man, and we're going to talk about, I'm going to save the rest for next week. But I want to say this. Our Christianity has become our brand, but it's got to be our identity. I'm going to say that again so it'll sink in. Christianity has become our brand, but it needs to be our identity. In other words, I don't want to have a church named Hope Covenant Church that acts like a church. I want to be the church. It's got to go from being a brand to being who we are. I'm a little Christ. I represent Jesus. But you got to wake up and have that identity in your mind and declare that even if you don't feel it. See, we're so emotion-driven. Well, I don't feel that today. Well, I don't care if you feel it. Declare it until you actually become exactly what it is that you're wanting to be. And so I want to end here, and I want to say this. Next week, we're going to do communion, and we're going to talk about, I want to give you some, some points. Again, this will be the last of this series, and then we're going to do communion together, and we're going to talk about some things that we could do as a church. Remember, as a church, we're, we're here to know God, encounter him, find freedom, get rid of the things that hold us back, discover our purpose and what it is that God's called us to, and then we go out into all the world, and we make a difference. This church is going to grow when we do the last one. And we're going to talk about an action plan to grow, not Hope Covenant as a brand, but our identity of little Christ in Huntersville, North Carolina, and Charlotte and beyond. I believe this church, as it grows, will have an apostolic call, and I'll explain that later on, what that all means. I believe that. I believe that we're going to, what that means, by the way, and I'll just to give you a short little version of, of what that means. It means... You are called to wash the feet of others, and you have a responsibility. Everybody thinks the word apostle, you know, a lot of people think the word apostle means that there's like a high level of authority. That's true at some level that God gives you authority, but it's when you're faithful in going through stuff that nobody else is willing to go through, which is sacrifice. There's a, there's a strong sacrifice that has to be on an apostle that they're willing to serve. It's about service, and it's about being willing to do anything at any cost for the Lord. And that's what you see with Paul. And I want to live that. But guys, let me tell you, it's going to be tested. The minute you say you're going to do it, it's going to be tested. And so I want to say this to some of you this week, because the Lord's been speaking to me that many of you are struggling with the concept of where you're at being who you are, and that that's taken over your identity, and that it's time for us to look past where we've been and what's been holding us back to what God wants to bring us to. You need to get rid of condemnation. You need to get rid of word curses that have been spoken over you and things that are holding you back, and lay them at the feet of the cross and say, God, I'm not being held back anymore. On the way here, I said to Liz, I said, babe, and we actually prayed this together. And it meant a lot. I said, I want to pray in the car. You know, we usually pray over the service. But we broke off some things from our past that would try to attach themselves to now that would hold us back. 
And we said, we are done. Today is a new day. This is the day the Lord has made. Do you know what the enemy's trying to do right now? He's trying to snuff out hope in a generation that they say it's not worth it anymore. Somebody said to me, do you really want to still have kids in today's day and age? Would you want to raise kids? Do you know the Bible says be fruitful and multiply? By the way, it doesn't say in 2021 when it doesn't look good, stop that. It says, no, be fruitful and multiply. So yes, I'm going to have, we're going to have kids. You'll be a part of it. I'll let you in on it. <laughs> Jesus, Lord God, I almost got in trouble. I'm telling you, it doesn't take long for me to get in trouble. Does, I'm, I'm under the anointing. I already feel it. I feel it. I'm in trouble, guys. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you'll be a little bit of a part of it. <laughs> I, got, I got family in the room that are like, yeah, you're in trouble. I'm telling you. This is the moment that you were created to be in. God created you for such a time as today. So you need to look in the mirror when you wake up and say, this is the day that I am called and made for, and I'm going to rejoice and be glad and do everything. Scripture doesn't change because times change. No, it's the, it's, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the power that I read about in this book is accessible to me, and I can walk in that forever. Give God a shout of praise if you believe that. We're going to shake off those heavy bands and lift up those holy hands and praise him, lift our hands in the air and wave them like we just don't care when we're going through stuff. I feel the spirit of the Lord every time we worship in this room. The presence, are you feeling it increase? Do you know why it's increasing? Because y'all are not caring what you look like and you're going for it. And you know, there's power. It's not about us up here, y'all. We might as well put the platform out in the parking lot. It does, it's not about this. It's, um, we're not trying to put on a sexy show. We're trying to encounter the Lord. And every time you as an individual lift up your hands and you escape the moment and enter into the throne room of God, you're making a difference in the corporate experience. Your worship matters. Your worship is key to your transformation. Somebody needs to write that down, tweet it. Your worship is key for your transformation. The more you worship is the more you encounter is the more you're transformed. You want to live a spirit-shaped a spirit life, get into the throne room and the prayer closet and let God start doing surgery. He works on the inside and you change on the outside. See, I'm after your heart this morning. I don't want God to change your mind. I want him to change your heart. Your mind will catch up. But we need our hearts to change. Your mind will catch up. My mind is twisted. Every mind is twisted. It's wicked. But you allow God to do surgery on the heart, and your heart tells your mind who's boss, and now you're starting to live that transformed, spirit-shaped life. Man, I have to take authority over my thoughts every single day. You go, are you rambling? I'm in the spirit because I know some of you are struggling right now with your thought process. I know some of you online are fighting the battle of daily thoughts that are, I can't, I don't know if I, I, I feel like I'm the, the train that was wishing they could. I think I could, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. No, you need to get, stop striving and get, lay prostrate before the Lord. Just lay on the floor and say, Jesus, I need a change and it's right here. And he'll do the rest. Could we, could we do this? Could we simplify the gospel and stop complicating it? It's very simple. I surrender, I hear, I'm changed. I surrender, I hear from God, 
and I'm forever changed. Let's just bow our heads in prayer today. Father, we thank you that there's a transformation process that you're, you're doing in each of us. Some of us is the beginning. Some of us are in it. But Lord, we thank you that you'll speak to us this week. We ask for revelation of the things that you privately want to speak to us, that you want to do, God, the surgery that's needed in our hearts. And we give you full permission to come in and rearrange everything that needs to be rearranged. We ask you, God, that you would change us. Lord, that we would begin to flourish by hearing your voice and changing the things that that will lift the veil, God. That you would lift the veil and speak to us. God, we want to hear your voice. Some of us, it's just that simple. We're not hearing your voice. There's been a blockage. And Lord, we repent of anything that's blocking your spirit from doing everything that it needs to do in us. And Lord, as we lay it at your feet, I thank you, God, that you're changing things and you're turning it all around. Jesus, we ask in our hearts, just lift your hands right now and say this with me. Say, in my heart, God, I ask you to speak to me. I ask you to reveal to me the painful things that I could begin to experience your joy and see the veil lifted. Do a surgery in me. Say it loud. Do a surgery in me. Change me. Conform me into your image. If you believe that this morning, would you shout amen? Thank you guys for watching online. It's so great to have you with us this morning. Guys, thank you for being here. We're going to end this series next week again. We will be doing communion. I want to encourage you guys, if you would, you've got those invite cards sitting on your seat. Would you give one to somebody that you know desperately needs to encounter the Lord? You know, we encounter people all week long that need ministry and need an encounter with God. I want to encourage you, go ahead and give them a card and say, hey, I know a place God's moving. You need this. Would you do that this morning? Take a few cards with you. I love you guys. Let's fellowship. We'll see you next week. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.